you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Job gets the snap. He throws, looks out of the end zone. Caught! Andre Johnson! Touchdown, Houston! Big sneaks! Touchdown! Michael Beck on the quarterback sneak. Blacko throwing ends up looking for Ray Rice. He got him! Touchdown, Ravens! If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live. Featuring the experts of NFL.com. Here are your hosts, Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison. Welcome everybody to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm Elliot Harrison and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, with NFL.com Fantasy Editor, Michael Fabiano. What's going on, Harrison? How you doing, pal? Fabs, you look great. You smell great. I don't feel great, though. You don't really look great. I'm lying. Yeah, thanks, pal. But just like we've already had... Good way to start the show. Just like we've had the last couple weeks, we're going to have a special guest with us today, Jim Mm -hmm. Nance, the voice of CBS Sports. And we're going to, to quote one of our colleagues, Dave Damashek, we're going to kibitz about the fantasy game. Big surprises in week one. Of course, we'll look ahead to week two. We got stardoms, sit-ems. Do you press the panic button on a few guys? Mm -hmm. We got a lot to get to, but I think... The best thing is to start with the headlines of the day. Yeah, and Arian Foster back at Texans practice today. That's big news because fantasy owners uh, certainly missed him in week one, especially if you didn't go out and handcuff him with a Ben Tate or a Derek Ward. Uh, Your running back position was left a little bit thin, but Foster did take the normal Wednesday load for a starter, according to Gary Kubiak, and it looks like he'll be back on the field to face the Dolphins. So if you have Arian Foster, continue to monitor his status throughout the week. He looks like a go right now. And Ben Tate, Derek Ward, likely back to fantasy benches in week two, barring any setbacks. Well, let's, let's get into a little Texans here. I don't like that matchup for Arian Foster. I like the Dolphins' front seven. I think they're going to be ticked off about the way the game against the Pats went. I've said all along I think the Dolphins' defense will be a top 10 or 12 defense this year. Uh, I don't like that matchup for Foster. 
you know what, Arian Foster is a guy that you don't bench. Uh, maybe the matchup isn't as favorable uh, as it could be. I'm not sold on the Dolphins' defense just yet. I mean, they showed me nothing on Monday night. Of course, it is the pay, the Patriots and Tom Brady, and they spread the ball out, and really the running game didn't do much. Ben Jarvis Greenellis, not much going there. Danny Woodhead actually led the Patriots in carries 14. Uh, the law firm had seven. But Arian Foster, you, you just don't bench him, and I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know already. Well, let me press you on that issue because if you look through the prism of the fact that he practiced today, mm-hmm. then I completely agree with you. But let's say he's gets some, he gets a little soreness later on tonight and in the morning, and Kubiak sits him tomorrow. Well, that's that's exactly what I said. You got to watch his status throughout the week and see what happens. But right now, as Kubiak said in his quote, uh, you know everything was positive. Uh, he's going to play if he can be out there. If he practiced today uh, in the starters workload. Uh, I see no reason why he shouldn't be able to go in week two. But again, hamstring injuries can be a little bit tricky, so you have to pay attention and monitor his status. Okay, so if he practices, you obviously start him. Let's let's just go ahead and play the scenario out where he doesn't practice again or he has a little bit of a setback. The old question of Ben Tate, and I call it the old question because fantasy owners have been dealing with this for the last week and a half, Ben Tate versus Derek Ward. Yeah, it's Ben Tate, uh, and we said it was Ben Tate, even though Derek Ward was second on the depth chart last week, just based on upside. Derek even Ward, though Derek Ward got a touchdown last exactly, week and, and but, Tate but put the ball on the ground. Ben Tate had so many more carries uh, than Derek Ward. He's explosive. Uh, this is a guy who they really liked coming out of Auburn a couple of years ago, but then he was hurt in his rookie season. So uh, if Foster is a no-go, uh, which right now it looks like he will be okay to go, uh, then Tate steps in. I think maybe you play Foster as a flex potentially, but that's it, and that's really if you're hurting at that position. You know, Tate averaged 7.2 yards per carry in the preseason, 4.8 in week one. Generally, fantasy owners aren't looking at yards per carry because that doesn't give you any points, but you should. No, you be- should, certainly. Because it definitely shows your explosiveness, and Kubiak is going to lean on the guy that can hit the home run. Uh, unless Tate starts putting the ball on the carpet, a la Steve Slayton a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, and again, uh, Ben Tate, to me, uh, clearly the handcuff there. As long as he holds on to the football, when Foster is out, uh, if Foster, hopefully Foster won't be out uh, again this season, but if Foster has any sort of setback, Tate needs to hold on to the football. If he does, he's going to keep the number two role. Another big guy or big name is Hakeem Nix. Mm-hmm. Hakeem Nix, uh, you could make the argument a top five wide receiver fantasy-wise, says he'll play versus the Rams. Yeah, uh, he, he said that he doesn't see himself missing any time, and I still think this is sort of a wait-and-see process. The one thing that's risky with Hakeem Nix is he plays on Monday night. So if he gets out in the warm-ups and uh, he's not feeling okay, then you're in trouble. So if you have rop- roster depth, you know, maybe you, you, you go out and you grab – someone like a Dominic Hickson sort of as a handcuff, which sometimes on a Monday night you have to do that sort of thing at the wide receiver position. It's hard to bench Knicks, especially if it looks like he's going to play. Because to me, I mean, I had him ranked fourth in the preseason on NFL.com at the wide receiver spot. uh, And he proved in week one why he's that highly rated. The kid is just awesome. Yeah, even if he's not fourth, he's got to be in the discussion or he's he's fifth or sixth. He's up there. I don't think you bench Knicks, but the debacle, I think, of the decision, rather, that you have to make – is the Giants' running game was largely ineffective against the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And you can look at that as a positive, as, okay, that means Knicks is going to see more targets. Well, if the running game's not effective, then Eli Manning's protection is going to break down. Yep. And if that happens, Knicks is not going to have a good game. 
But do the Rams have uh, you know that front four to push and actually put some pressure on on Eli Manning? I mean, that's a question too. I don't think anyone expected the Redskins, uh, you know, just looking back to Week One to do that to the Giants. Yeah. Uh, another headline is Mercedes Lewis didn't practice and he's got a cap problem. Yeah, and I would probably bench him regardless. Listen, Mercedes Lewis, and I, I said this last week, he was never going to be the same tight end that he was. In 2010, especially when the Jaguars released David Garrard, that just wasn't going to happen. He's not scoring 10 touchdowns. Maybe he scores five this year. Uh, remember, before last season, Lewis was basically very inept when it came to scoring touchdowns. So uh, is he going to be a bust this year? There's a good chance he could be, especially if you were considering him uh, to be a number one, an elite number one tight end, as he was in 2010. Guys, it's just not going to happen again. Well, and you talk about 10 touchdowns. Look, that doesn't happen in NFL history. Tight ends don't go back-to-back 10 touchdowns. <clears throat> I don't care who you are. Yeah. So for Mercedes Lewis to get that kind of production, especially with McCown at quarterback, I don't really see that happening. To be devil's advocate, though, he's playing the Jets. Jason Witten had a pretty big game. He's against- no Jason Witten. He's no Jason Witten. And you also have to remember something, too. I mean, you know, Romo and Witten, that connection is, is solid. That is an established connection McCown, Lewis, not so much. I, I agree. The Jets do have trouble putting pressure on quarterbacks unless they blitz. And the problem is when you sell out, you, somebody's running free. Uh, that said, with the injury and the fact that, you know, the point that you make about Jason Witten, I would probably bench Mercedes Lewis anyway. All right, on to Calvin Johnson, uh, shoulder injury. He did not practice. Yeah, he's actually got an ankle injury, and uh, Calvin is—I think he's going to be fine. He tweaked his ankle a little bit uh, in the game against the Buccaneers, but there's no way he's going to miss this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And listen, I touted Matthew Stafford from day one, and he did nothing to disappoint me in the first week of the season. In fact, he could have scored four touchdowns if Brandon Pettigrew hadn't dropped that ball in the end zone. So. Uh, Calvin Johnson, he'll be back. He'll be active. Start Matthew Stafford. Unless you've got one of the five or six elite quarterbacks, we're talking Michael Vick, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, he is right there now. He is right after that level of guy. And if you watch that Buccaneers-Lions game, all they did, Elliot, was put Stafford in the shotgun because he is, number one, effective out of the shotgun. But number two, it also helps the fact that the offensive line's not that great. right? So, Stafford, if he stays healthy, and there was a couple of games where he, a couple of times where he cramped up, and we are freaking out, right, like, oh right. no, God, not again. He is going to be spot on this year if he can stay healthy. Okay, the Detroit Free Press has got Calvin Johnson also having a shoulder problem, so the guy's dinged up uh, from one NFC wide receiver to another. Uh, Des Bryant did not practice, uh, nor did Terrence Newman actually. Which is good news for the 49ers, but then you consider that the 49ers don't have much in terms of uh, offense. And that was an ugly game. Uh, our boy Matt Money Smith from uh, uh, NFL Fantasy Live actually did that game, and I think he probably had a hard time staying awake because he wasn't <laughs> sure if they were going to actually score a touchdown on offense or get a first down. Either one of these teams, they were terrible. Uh, maybe Braylon Edwards is a sneaky three or a flex, but I don't trust Braylon Edwards. I never have. Outside of that one year that he had in 2007 with the Cleveland Browns, he's been majorly disappointed in New York. Uh, San Francisco did nothing. And listen, the Seahawks defense isn't any good. So Edwards may be a sneaky three because Terrence Newman's banged up and the Cowboys secondary is just shot. I mean, they just signed Frank Walker, who uh, he actually played with Jason Garrett at one point in his career. Uh, But I don't trust Edwards very much. You know, I have uh, Edwards on my NFL network team. I'd play him. 
as a wide receiver three. I, I think the Cowboys are so banged up in the secondary. Mike Jenkins is not 100%. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Newman's a problem. The safeties weren't good to begin with. And, oh, by the way, Alan Ball, oh, Orlando Skandrick was hurt in week one. Uh, you know, The matchup is good. It's just, to me, it's a trust thing with Edwards. How about the flip side of that, though, Des Bryant? I, I mean, you're playing Des Bryant. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and he looked phenomenal early in that game against the Jets. And then all of a sudden, Darrell Revis moves over and starts covering him. He disappears. He has the cramps. Uh, his legs tighten up on him a little bit. And at the end of the game, I don't understand why Jason Garrett didn't take him out. He couldn't even run. He was basically a liability out in the field. And then you had Romo have that interception at the end of the game. And this is also two Cowboys fans who are a little bit upset about the fact that yeah. their team blew a big lead in the fourth quarter at the Meadowlands. So, uh, but anyways, uh, you start you start Des Bryant. I'm expecting big things from the Cowboys offense this weekend. I tell you what, we've got a meaty first segment here with uh, injuries and stuff. Roy Williams, Chicago Bears, did not practice. Yeah, and that could hurt the Bears too. Listen, Williams made a couple of plays. He's not a big fantasy option, but do the Bears want to go ahead and utilize the same strategy that the Packers did with the Saints, right? Spread the Saints out. They're really good in the middle uh, with their big guys, with Sean Rodgers uh, and Abreu Franklin. Do you spread them out and try to go downfield? Does Chicago have the talent, and if Roy Williams is out, that's going to hurt their chances to do that. I think Forte on the Saints linebackers is a much better matchup than Roy Williams. Uh, I'm talking about in the passing game than Roy Williams versus the Saints corners. Last little bit of news we're going to get to before we're going to break. Uh, and again, we have the voice of CBS Sports, Jim Nance, coming up. Uh, Marty Mornweg said that uh, it's on him that Jeremy Macklin had a poor performance in week one. Well, it's there. You know what? It can't get any worse for Macklin after last week, who, who was basically invisible. And he said he felt fine. His legs were fresh. So I would not be concerned about starting Macklin this week as a, as a three, uh, especially in a game where that looks like a shootout. Yes, it when does. When you're talking completely agree. Eagles-Falcons, that looks like it's going to be a shootout. And the Falcons' defense did not do a very good Terrible. job against Cutler last week. Yeah. Ravens four of six on third down conversions. Ray Rice splits out wide to the left. Torrey Smith wide to the right. Flacco from the gun. Steps up, pumps once, throws. He's got Rice. Five-yard line. Turns a corner. In. Touchdown, Ravens. Now back to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius 210 XM 87. I'm Michael Fabiano with Elliot Harrison, and we're pleased to be joined by one of my very good friends, uh, the voice of CBS Sports, and an avid fantasy football player, Jim Nance. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm good, Michael. Elliot, hello to you. Uh, Michael, I'm an avid fantasy fan because of you, really. (laughs) Let's put the credit where it it belongs. Well, you know what? Uh, Years ago, uh, when I used to work for CBS, I met Jay Glazer, who is now you know the big man on campus at Fox Sports. Jay introduced me to Jim, and I had this idea about putting a celebrity fantasy football league together. Uh, you know, and Jimmy's been great about it. He got involved in it. We had Dan Marino and Randy Cross and Phil Sims and Bonnie Bernstein and Boomer Esiason and all the guys from CBS that we played in the Gridiron Guru League for years. Uh, and Jim, if if memory serves me correctly, I believe you were the inaugural champion. <laughs> Well, I think you're right. I think I won the first Super Bowl. And the, the key to that is really it was the early days of fantasy football. 
and CBS Sports Line, as it was known at the time, posted our every move on its home page. So it was trying to get people interested in it. And uh, you know, every trade that you made, every roster move that you you also made was was there fully exposed for people to monitor it as the season went along. So there was a little bit of pressure and. And uh, and the folks were, uh, you know, the, at that at that uh, site were kind enough to put up a lot of charity money to the winners. So, mm-hmm. you know, it made a lot of people happy. Some wor- really worthy causes uh, profited in the end. Yeah, and you've been playing fantasy football now for several years. Uh, even though now I'm with the NFL, we still play in a league together, which is uh, appropriately called the Masters uh, for <laughs> Jim's favorite golf tournament, uh, which is on CBS <laughs> yeah. Sports every year. And you have Ray Rice on that team, and we brought you in with a little Ray Rice clip there. You had to love what you saw from him, and you did that game. So let me ask you a question. Were you cheering a little bit in the press box when no one was no, watching never. when Ray never. Rice was going off Come for your on. fantasy team? Come on, my man. <laughs> never, never, ever. I'm ever. just kidding with you. I'm just kidding I, with you. But I will tell you, I did one of the dumbest things of all time in my fantasy history, okay? You know that you're going into the game. The Steelers, you know all the stats. Last year they yielded 62 yards rushing a game. They really contained Ray in both all three of the matchups last year because he had a key fumble in the playoff game. So I received word about 90 minutes out. It's the last time I could really set the roster before before we're really down to business and, and going through all the pre-production elements. And I saw where Arian Foster had been benched. So I thought, you know, Ben Tate, he's on my roster. I need to put Ben Tate in the lineup. Now, who am I going to take out? Do I take out Ray Rice against the Steelers defense or Felix Jones, who I really felt all along is going to have a breakout year? So I pulled I pulled uh, Ray Rice. He scores oh, 30. Now, Ben Tate, you know, has a heck of a game, scores 17 points. Unfortunately, I surrendered 13 points in that roster move. I ended up going against Phil Sims last week, and I lost – by 10. So oh, had I not oh. seen that little bit of news, I would have defeated my, my booth mate, but instead I lost. Speaking <laughs> of your uh, booth mate, Jim, you've got San Diego and New England this week, and we all saw what Tom Brady did Monday night. It was almost painful to watch uh, if you're watching the Dolphins back four. Do you see New England doing that to San Diego? I mean, you're talking about one of the top 10 passing performances in the history of the NFL, so I don't think it's going to come around every week. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised if you see another 500-yard performance the rest of the season by anybody, but I mean, it was, you know, it was Brady at his best, and uh, I found it interesting that he was still, even with that performance, was rated by that new quarterbacking system on ESPN. He was rated the third-best quarterback of the weekend. I'd like to have the third-best quarterback every week based on that. You bet. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt about that. I want to know who was first and second. Was it Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe? I mean, yeah, they had Fitzpatrick one, and uh, you know, maybe it was uh, you know Cam Newton too. But they all played at exceptional games, no question. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. you're talking about with Brady statistically, you know, one of the best passing games in the history of the league. Well, I think with Fitzpatrick, you know, the four touchdowns, he he, he did it so economically. It didn't take a lot of pass attempts. He didn't throw for a lot of yards. So he got a lot of bang for the buck there. And I think that Fitzpatrick was one of the, the real surprises of week one. Was there any other performance that really stuck out to you that surprised you? Uh, you know, I think there's a, there are a lot. That first week is a real eye-opener for people. And, you know, you say that's both good and bad. Um, you know, I think that people that had quarterbacks like Matt Ryan or Sam Bradford are saying, wait a minute, 
man, there was some performances, some numbers put up this weekend by quarterback. What happened to you guys? Um, but, you know, I think that Tate was a real breakthrough. Uh, I don't know how they're going to delegate that position when Arian's 100%. Um, you know, I think Aaron Hernandez, I didn't understand, and I talked to, to you, Michael, the guru, about this before the drafts and everything. Why do people, you know, why do all these sites have, you know, Aaron Hernandez listed as about the 20th best tight end? You knew that Brady viewed him as like his favorite target, and he plays him like he's a wide receiver, and sure enough, he has a 100 yard game and a touchdown the first time out. Yeah, and Hernandez was fantastic, and I can't remember the last time that one NFL team had two tight ends that you can call viable fantasy starters week in and week out. Gronkowski was third in fantasy points among tight ends in week one, and Hernandez was number two. Now I want to go back, uh, Jim, to the Steelers game. Steelers fans did not like what they saw, and neither did fantasy owners, especially if you had Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Do you worry about what you saw from the Steelers' defense especially, uh, and do you expect them to bounce back this week in what is a really favorable matchup against the Seattle Seahawks? Oh, it is a super favorable matchup. I mean, you've got to think that, you know, you're going to see the exact opposite end of, of, of what they showed in Baltimore. I mean, they they haven't been blown out like that in the entire Tomlin era there. And on both sides of the ball, they underperformed. I mean, they just ran into, uh, you know, an avalanche. So uh, I've got to think that any and all things to do with Pittsburgh this week might be a pretty smart play. Well, Jim, i got to tell you that I have the 1991 1991- uh, Cowboys at Browns season opener on DVD. It's you and Hank Stram on the call. Wow. Yeah, wow. I got it. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about that today when uh, Michael said we were going to have you on, and I, I, I wondered, and I, I want to get your thought, what do you think the old-timers like Hank Stram and these guys would think of fantasy football? And it's just explosion. Yeah, I don't think that uh, they would completely grasp it. I, I had the great pleasure of working with, with, with Coach Stram for about seven years overall between CBS Radio and the CBS Television Network. And, um, you know, he loved exciting football, though. I'll tell you that. He was an innovator. He would really, I think, be impressed by by how successful it's become. Because, you know, Hank believed in, in pushing the envelope and doing creative things. It was reflected in his team's. Um, but, you know, Hank passed away now six, seven years ago, and, and I don't think he ever really had uh, any idea what fantasy football was, was like at the end because it was really in its infancy. Sure. Well, you know, you and Fabs have been playing a league together for years. Did you know, say, seven or eight years ago that it would turn into what it is today? No. I mean, and I think it's been such a huge thing for the league. It's neat to see the way the NFL began to embrace it wholly about – four or five years ago, because there's no question that more people, once you play it, you don't, I've never had anybody who's played it and said, you know, I don't want to participate next year. I didn't get into it. I mean, it's like fail-proof. Um, but it's it, it's it's just, it's, it's been addictive to people, and I mean, that's a, usually a negative term, but it's turned out to be a very, I think, big positive experience for the fan. Now, let's look ahead to, to this huge game, this AFC game that you and Phil are going to be doing uh, this weekend with the Patriots and the Chargers. What do you look for in this game, Jim? I mean, the Chargers defense, uh, number one in the league last season, looked pretty good in week one, although they gave up the special teams touchdown to uh, Percy Harvin. Is this going to be a high-scoring game? Because I think fantasy owners are expecting that. Uh, and which guys on either side of the ball would you actually avoid in fantasy leagues this week? 
Well, let me think about that one. First off, when San Diego plays in New England, they've had good success in the regular season up there. I've had several of the games, and, and in fact, the Chargers have won up there before when I've been an eyewitness to it. They didn't win in the AFC title game a few years back, but they snapped a, like a 21-game regular season win streak that crossed over two seasons um, you know, several years back. So they don't seem intimidated for whatever reason, playing there. And, yes, I would expect it to be a high-scoring game. I mean, the way Brady and the Patriots go after it, you know, I don't see anyone slowing them down. Uh, it seemed to me the Chargers were a little out of sync last week. Now I'm watching that from afar. Um, but, you know, there was hard work to, to knock out a, a Vikings team that, uh, yeah, sure, they had a special teams touchdown. Hey, you know, it's you, you've got to think that you're looking at on the field on Sunday two of the six teams that will make the AFC playoff ledger. Um, so when the game's played week two, you think, okay, all right, so you lost that game. Well, you know, come at the end of December, that, that, that game very well could be the difference maker between a one and a two seed or a three and a four or a five and a six. I mean, it's going to factor in somewhere down the line. Uh, I mean, I, for a regular season game, I think it's hugely important. Yeah. And talk about the absence of Chad Ochocinco when he actually went to the Patriots People in the fantasy business were thinking, this is a good move for him. He's probably a number three fantasy wideout. You go from Andy Dalton uh, to Tom Brady, a huge jump at quarterback. We all knew he wasn't going to be Randy Moss uh, when he joined the Patriots and had such great success. But why do you think Ocho Cinco was so invisible in the offense? He was on the sidelines to see more than he was on the field. Well, he's, you know, the one part of that game where you walk out and say, well, you, you, there's a question mark, it, it really is, what, what, what is his role in you know, in the New England offense. I mean, Brady throws for whatever it was, 517 yards, and Chad had 14 of it. So uh, either they're going to game plan him this weekend to get more into it, or, you know, you know, it, it could be it could be a short-lived career at New England. I happen to think every report I've had is they've been very excited about having him there. It's taken a little longer than they expected for him to get the system down. But, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the year, Chad Ochoacinco is going to be a big contributor to this team. You know, Jim, uh, the Chargers came out banged up uh, from week one. Mike Tolbert is a little banged up. And being that the Patriots don't have a signature DeMarcus Ware like pass rusher, and they're not really known for their pass rush, is this the kind of game that you're fully anticipating Phil Rivers to maybe put the ball in the air 50 times? Well, he could. Uh, you know, I think they would prefer, even though you know they're high octane, I think they'd prefer not to get into a track meet out there. Uh, I do expect, though, they're going to look a lot sharper than they did this last week. And, you know, you look at some of the things that they did. Vincent Jackson barely had a game last week. That was surprising. A lot of people thought, you know, he would be, you know, consistently a 15, 20-point fantasy scorer for you every week. So, um, you know, what is it with San Diego early in the season? I mean, they need to defeat this, uh, you know, this crazy habit of, of having to spend the rest of your season trying to catch up. And, Granted, they got a win under the belt. That's a good thing. If they could win this game, very favorable schedule early in the year. They could actually go off and have the kind of year we've all been anticipating here for a handful of years. All right, Jimmy, one last question, uh, and this is a conundrum that a lot of fantasy owners are facing right now. Do you drop Peyton Manning, or do you hold on to him? Uh, I think, unfortunately, I think you got to drop him. And by the time, if he was ready, uh, you know, you're talking about – be serviceable probably not until about week 10 11 or 12 and i don't know that you want to i personally don't think he'll be back this year i don't have any knowledge of that but i i don't know why you'd want to hold 
hold on to a roster spot there. I, I think that would be very, very difficult to justify. All right, Jim. Great, great stuff as always, my friend. Uh, tell Lance I got a fantasy Tommy, sleeper for you. Go ahead. Tell a, me. Okay, this is based off the game this weekend. Uh, if you're looking for a tight end, not you know, there aren't a lot of secrets anymore out there. Everybody's pretty smart yeah. to it. But Dixon, the tight end from Baltimore, is like a receiver also. Really? And they even threw a couple of screen passes to him last week against Pittsburgh. I think he's going to be a very active part of that new, young, speedier Ravens offense. And I, I think it. he's going to have a huge year. So Ed Dixon would be my my fantasy sleeper of the of the week to take. I this like week. it. I'm not, I'm not sure about his matchup this week, but as far as somebody you want to have on your roster, that that's a guy. Jim, Jim, I was mad at you because I just realized I had to lean on Kyle Wharton the rest of the year and not on Peyton Manning, but you just made up for it with that. <laughs> there you go. Jim, thank you. Great stuff as always. And, you know, Tell Phil and Lance and Tommy and the guys, uh, I said hello, son of my love, and uh, thanks for your time, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Guru. Thank you. And, Elliot, one of these days i got to borrow that 1991 DVD because I don't have it in my library. There no you problem. go. I'll burn it. All right. I'll burn it. All right, man. Thanks, Jim. Take care. And for all of you out there, we're going to take some phone calls. Uh, we thank Jim Nance, of course. That was great. And we want to hear from you coming up. So let me just give you the numbers here, 888-XM-FANTASY or 888-963-2682. You can also hit us up on Twitter at, at NFL Fantasy Live at Michael underscore Fabiano, that's F-A-B-I-A-N-O, or at SiriusXM Fantasy. But again, the numbers 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-963-2682. We want to hear from you next, but for now, it's your Fantasy Fix. Fantasy football is what we do every day, right here on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Welcome back inside NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Sirius 210, XM 87. And uh, you're listening to I Don't Know by Ozzy Osbourne. I tell you, that was impressive right there. Again, second week in a row, bringing in a segment while playing the air drums. And you got animated there for a second. <laughs> you had to out me like that, man. That you was good, to... man. And we promised we would take some calls, and uh, we've got a guy on the line right now. It's Joe from Jersey. Needs a little flex help. Joe, you with us? Joe, you all right over there? This must be a tough question. Yeah. Joe. Well, I Joe, guess, I, Joe, uh, <laughs> Joe thought we would choke on him, I guess. I, I, I don't know what happened there. Well, but. well, you've been known to you know have a few doozies. I did. I, I said bench Ray Rice, so <laughs> I choked. I had some good nuggets, but unfortunately you guys would not let me live down the fact that I said you consider – I didn't say you bench Ray Rice no matter what. I said if you have a great option mm-hmm. like – I thought said Benson versus the Browns was a good option. He ended up having a good game, yeah. just not Ray Rice. Exactly. Uh, we have Kenneth in Georgia on the line. Hey, I've got a – I got a couple questions for y'all. Okay. All right. Should I start uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis or Cedric Benson? Okay. Um, the second question. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The second question: um, Should I start uh, Des Bryant, Manningham, or uh, Johnny Knox? And um, I've got a tight end question for you too. Um, All right. Shoot. Jermaine Gresham, Tony Gonzalez, or Fred Davis? Well, I'm going to start off with the running back question, and I think it's Cedric Benson, without a doubt. Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, 
saw seven carries in week one, and now he's got a tough matchup against the Chargers, who are really good against the run. So uh, Benson, to me, is the guy, especially based on the matchup against the Denver Broncos. And look what Darren McFadden did against exactly. Denver. Not that Benson is McFadden, but still. The matchup is much better. And remember, Benson's a featured back. Green Ellis, not a featured back. And in fact, after last week, he was the second option in the backfield behind Danny Woodhead. The wide receiver question, if you need one out of those three, I'm going with Des Bryant. Uh, if you need two, I'm going Des Bryant and Manningham. I really like Manningham. He'll see more targets on Monday night, especially if Akeem Nix has some sort of setback where he can't play. It looks like right now he will, uh, but I go Des and Manningham. You want to take that third question? Gresham, I, well, I was Gonzalez, actually, or Fred Davis? Well, I was actually going to differ with you a little bit. I, I might lean towards Manningham against the Rams until we know for sure on Knicks. On tight end, I love the Fred Davis matchup. Yeah, Fred Davis looked really good. And remember, guys, this is a tight end who a couple of years ago when Chris Cooley got injured, he was lights out. He was fantastic. He, I had him on one of my fantasy teams, and he was just fantastic. This guy can catch the ball. Uh, Davis is a good matchup uh, against the Cardinals, who gave up, I believe it was... Nine targets to Shockey and Olsen. Right, in, in for over 100, one, so. over 100 yards. And, and listen, Adrian Wilson, Cardinals safety, 11-year safety. He gets a lot of credit. But Adrian Wilson is more a play-in-the-box guy. He's not a great cover guy. And uh, if they try to lock him up on Fred Davis, it's going to be bad news. Okay. And I think Joe is back. Uh, Joe in Jersey. Hopefully the uh, cough has passed. <laughs> yeah, how you doing, guys? Thanks for taking Good, man. Great. What's up? Sorry about that. I got a flex question. Uh, I'm in an eight-man PPR. Uh, I got uh, Turner, uh, Santonio Holmes, uh, Kenny Britt, and uh, Aaron Foster now that he might play. Yeah, you need just one of those? Uh, Yeah, just one. If Aaron Foster's active, I play him. I, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I like the matchup with Turner. The Eagles' run defense... Their linebackers are not Not good. good. Not good at all. Uh, so I like Turner especially because he's on the carpet back at the Georgia Dome. But if Arian Foster's active, how do you not play him? I'm going to I'm gonna differ with you on that one. I like Michael Turner better. I think the Eagles linebackers stink. You made a great point there. It's on the carpet in the Georgia Dome. I think Michael Turner has a nice game this week. You know what I just realized? What's that? Is that you are all on the Arian Foster bandwagon. I mean, you were poo-pooing him the other day. No, but if you drafted him... With one of your first three or four picks, he's back. You're going to bench him? No way, man. you got to play him. I'm just putting You've your... got to play him. Fabiano, I'm just putting your feet to the fire a little bit. They, right. Listen, man, my feet are nice and cool. you got to play Arian Foster. All right, we've got Eric in Florida with a uh, trade question. Eric, you with us? Yeah. Thanks for taking Go ahead, my buddy. call. Sure. So we got a 14-person league. The teams are thin. And I got Hakeem Nix. I, you guys touched on it earlier in the show. Um, I, w- I am going to pick up Hicks. And, uh, I have AP, Hightower, Beanie, and then my receivers are Nix and then Julio Jones. That's where I'm thin. Yeah. Uh, is there someone I should use for trade bait? Uh, I was thinking AP possibly. I got Fitzpatrick on my bench. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to trade Adrian Peterson. No way. Hightower, Hightower or Benson uh, are, are perfect sell-high guys right now. Hightower, and I think he's going to have a very good season as long as he doesn't fumble the ball. Benson could be the guy that I would be trying to trade because, well, you know what, the Cincinnati Bengals don't have much in that offense. Defenses are going to be stacking the box, and he's not going to have to play the Cleveland Browns or the Denver Broncos every week either. So if you're going to make a deal there, 
I go and try to put Benson on the trade block and see what offers come your way. And, I mean, if somebody looks at Benson's numbers last week, I believe Benson had around 19 fantasy points yeah, last 121 week. 21 yards and a touchdown. So 18 fantasy points. That's very good. You know, you might get something for him. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. And Julio Jones is a topic of conversation, too, because, you know, last week, good opening game. Uh, you know, not terrific. Uh, had a little bit over seven, seven fantasy points uh, on NFL.com. But this week's tough, Elliot. You could see a, a real shootout going on in the, in the Georgia Dome, but is he going to have to go up against Dominic rogers Camardi this week? Uh, you know, obviously they're going to put Namdi likely on Roddy White. Could be a tough matchup for the rookie. It's you know it's always tough to gauge that. We had Bucky Brooks in here last week, and he talked about uh, you know Darrell Revis being on Des Bryant and Cromarty on Miles Austin. And when they came out. It was actually Revis on Miles Austin until Des Bryant burned Cromarty, and then they switched it up. So that's the other thing. You know, they can start a game one way, and you just never know. I think either way, I don't like Julio Jones against the Eagles. Yeah, no. I think it's a really tough matchup. Obviously, you're going to start Roddy White. I think Matt Ryan bounces back, but uh, Julio Jones scares me this week. Sheldon in Maryland, uh, speaking of wide receivers, has a call on wideouts. A question, rather. Sheldon, what's going on, man? What's going on, bro? I'm new to this fantasy football thing, man. So, I think my team kind of sucks. I got um, <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, Manningham. I have um, Burleson, Calvin Johnson, and I also have um, what is the the Denarius Moore. So, um, I was wondering, you know, if I could go ahead and put um, you know, Burleson in with Calvin Johnson. Uh, maybe, you know, there'd be a, a tough match. I mean, we in Kansas City, so I didn't think they were going to really do it. You know, they'd probably go off in Kansas City. So I didn't know how, how can I approach this. You know, I'd probably go with Manningham over Burleson. I'd go CJ and uh, and Manningham. You know, I got plaques, too. It's a 12-man got, PPR league, and I got plaques to go Burleson as well. Plaques yeah. had a nice game. I know. I know. He did. I still like Manningham better. Uh, I like the matchup better. But Burris, okay. he was basically invisible, though, for that, for that uh, Cowboy game in the first half. Uh, I remember sending a tweet out and saying, where, is Burris playing? Where, where is he? And then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, the Jets had to throw the ball to uh, try to come back from that deficit, and Burleson found the end zone. So, uh, I'm sorry, Burris found the end zone. Uh, Burris, to me, is, is a good three against the Jaguars this weekend, but I think Manningham's the better play here. I definitely think Manningham's the better play. Uh, Burleson against the Chiefs secondary. I don't think the Chiefs secondary is going to give up a ton of big plays. I know Fitzpatrick had the four touchdowns, but he only threw for two bills. Uh, I, I definitely like Manningham better there. We've got uh, Andrew in Georgia with a question. Andrew, you hey, uh, hanging going? out with us? How's it going, man? Pretty good. Uh, I got a question for you. I'm in a regular eight-team, you know, standard scoring non-PPR. Uh, so you can imagine pretty much every team's loaded. Yeah. Um, I did lose a tough one last week because I had, you know, kind of poor performances from Sean Green, Vincent Jackson, and uh, Gore. Um, basically, I, I got a couple questions for you. First off, is uh, do I start Vic or uh, Stafford this weekend? Man, uh, how, how do you bench Michael Vic? Yeah, I don't. As think much you as can. and listen, I, I've been I've been you know planting the flag in, in, into the, the Matthew Stafford fan club here. I mean, I love Stafford uh, all preseason, and he looked great last week. But unless you have Michael Vic, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers. You, you you can't you can't bench a guy like Matt Stafford, but you do have Michael Vick, and he's going back to Georgia, and he's playing his old team, and he's going to be motivated to have a huge stat line. 
to me, the only guy you benched Michael Vick for is Aaron Rodgers. And if you have both of these guys on your team, I'd like to play in that league. So. Not, not to mention, you'll be sick to your stomach if Vick picks up 40 or 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And we're not – I love Stafford this week. I think you start him, but not over a guy like Michael Vick. That's that's definitely a different animal. You said you had uh, another question besides uh, Vic versus Stafford. Yeah, uh, the the deal with you know with Sean Green. I mean, do I right, basically right now I have uh, you know my running back slots. I have Ray Rice, Frank Gore, Forte, and Green. Uh, basically, wow. you wow. know, with two flex spots with Forte and Green. Um, do I? I mean, do I leave Green out there, or do I go get somebody like I know? Uh, you know, Tolbert is out there available, and um, you know I also have Ryan Matthews on the bench, so I could put both them out there. You know, wait, you have a you eight have a team head- leagues, man. Yeah. This is what yeah. happens when you're when you're in eight team leagues. Honestly, I I and I'm I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here. I think you keep Sean Green. I, I think Ladanian Tomlinson was the best player on the field Sunday night, but mm-hmm. Sean Green, they're committed to him being a lead back. San Diego, they're committed to going with a hot hand. And I think in this case against Jacksonville, I would take Sean Green and gamble that he's going to get at least a touchdown for you and 80 yards or 90 yards on the ground. There was a scenario that happened with a lot of running backs um, that we were expecting big things from in week one. Sean Green, Jets fell behind, abandoned the run. No Sean Marino, Broncos fell behind, abandoned the run. The Garrett Blunt, Buccaneers fell behind, abandoned the run. They went basically two-minute offense in the whole second half of that contest. So one week does not make a guy a superstar or a bust. Sean Green is going to see the lion's share of the carries for the Jets moving forward. I think he'll see 18 to 20 carries this week as long as the Jets don't fall behind, but I don't see that happening against the Jaguars. Sometimes you have to look at the matchup and say, hey, the Jaguars held Chris Johnson down to next to nothing last week, but CJ only had nine carries, uh, and they don't have much behind him with Javon Ringer hurt. Jamie Harper did very little. I'm not that impressed with the Jaguars' front seven where it's going to scare me enough not to play a guy like Sean Green. Look and try to predict what's going to happen in the game. You think the Jets are going to fall behind the Jacksonville Jaguars with Luke McCown throwing the football? I do not. And that means ball control towards the end of the game and the second half, a lot of ground and pound with Sean Green, and he'll see his targets. You bet. Or is, is 22, 23 exactly. carries. All right, we've got time for one more call here. We'll take James in Wisconsin and uh, – just see what little question James has got for us. James, you with us? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I've got two quick ones. Uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit on one of them, but I need three out of these four running backs. Uh, Chris Johnson, Sean Green, Cedric Benson, and um, uh, James Starks. You know, I actually think Starks is a nice sleeper this week. I, he I don't is, know that how I'd much play is he going to split? I don't know that I'd play him over Green only because Ryan Grant's still in the mix. Uh, if you need... Two of those four, I'm going CJ, uh, and I'm going Benson. If you need three of the four, the third being a flex start, I'm going green. I do like Starks. I'm playing in one of my leagues as a flex play, but I think green offers uh, a little more upside just because featured back versus guy who is going to share some carries. And quickly, James, you had a uh, second question? Uh, yeah, just real quick. Uh, Eli or Flacco? Eli uh, or Flacco? Uh, minus two points for interceptions. <laughs> you notice yeah, how he put that yeah, in there because I, he's talking about Eli Manning? <laughs> I, I think it's easy to jump on the, the Flacco bandwagon, but this week I say start Eli. I agree with you. And look at Flacco's numbers at home last year versus on the road. Very, very good on the road. Sort of, I'm sorry, very, very good at home and, and sort of okay on the road. 
the Rams defense gave up a lot of fantasy points to the Eagles offensive superstars last week and uh, I like Eli in this contest If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I tell you what, if you like late 80s hair rock, smoker machine. Oh, that's great, man. You, you've come to the right and place. Tony Katane. <laughs> that's the wrong uh, White Snake song, though. That's, no, uh, I know, but, that's but she, she is connected. With, well, and she was also in, in uh, another one of, the, one of the ballads. She was in there, too, with the two Jaguars. Remember oh. that? Is We're, this love? We are yes. We are just dating ourselves right now terribly. Speaking Harrison. of uh, Tanya Katane, uh, Scarlett Johansson put a very uh, uh, Harrison uh, just got s- very excited. <laughs> Spygate esque <laughs> picture of herself. I just you know we she's are trending NFL. on Twitter. She's yeah, trending. On she's Twitter. trending on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, you might just uh, uh, go hang out for a little while on Twitter. That's all I can say there. Uh, waiver wire. Uh, yeah. You know some leagues still processing that deal. Who are you looking at as top five guys to try yeah, and, and to pick up? We can certainly get through this quick, and Cam Newton's going to be right there. Of course. Listen, that was an unbelievable performance, and he was active in very few fantasy leagues, if, if any at all, uh, that were standard 10-team leagues last week because he's a rookie quarterback making the transition from college. A lot of question marks about whether or not he was uh, going to be able to be a, a, a solid pro quarterback, and Week one, you think there's going to be some growing pains? Well, he played the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, the only pains felt in that game were by the Cardinals' defensive backs because they couldn't catch up with Steve Smith. And Cam Newton's got a gun. He can run the ball. He's going to give you some rushing touchdowns. Is he going to be a legitimate number one fantasy starter throughout the season? No, he's definitely worth picking up off the waiver wire. Ryan Fitzpatrick is another quarterback that you have to go out and grab four touchdowns in week one. Good for the long term. I don't know that I like Fitzpatrick's matchup this week, but I agree with you. Cadillac Williams with uh, Steven Jackson's quad problem. Exactly, and Cadillac is going to see the lion's share of the carries there, uh, assuming Steven Jackson's out, which it looks like he's going to be on Monday night. Uh, and, and what about Robert Meacham? Yep, a couple Saints guys. Uh, Robert Meacham, not to be confused with Bobby Meacham, former shortstop of the, of the Yankees, Yankees. hitting right. behind Billy Sample. Yep. Uh, Devery Henderson, who I actually dropped Justin Forsett in my league. I know, huge risk, right, uh, for Devery Henderson. I think that's a great waiver wire pickup. Uh, Rex Grossman, too. Re- and we talked about him last week, man. And you know what? It's not a joke. Rex Grossman, uh, look at his last four games as a starter for the Washington Redskins. Big-time fantasy numbers. And great last week, 305 yards, two touchdowns. He plays the Cardinals this week, who just made Cam Newton look like Randall Cunningham. So I think Grossman's a viable starter. I'm playing him again for the second week in a row in one of my leagues. Chad Henney, uh, big week yeah. one, obviously because they were down. Not sure he's going to do that again, but favorable matchup. Yeah, and I do a Fantasy Points Allowed rating on NFL.com. If you guys want to check it out, you can check it out in our draft kit. Chad Henney has got one of the most favorable schedules in the National Football League at the quarterback position based on 2010 fantasy points. You want to talk about a sleeper? Look what he did against the Patriots. Matchup base starter. Definitely pick him up off the waiver wire if you need a quarterback. Well, not to pump your writing up too much here, bud, but uh, you are doing a stardom and sit-ems column that's uh, going to run later today. We're going to get yep. into that in the second hour. Uh, who do you want to bench? Who do you want? I mean, you know, there's some good choices out there this week, or interesting choices. Uh, we had a couple good calls. I thought the Manningham versus Des Bryant was good. Can't wait but to take more calls. You bet. Stay with us. NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio rolls on. 
If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.